everywhere. He's omnipresent. So no matter where we go, we can call on him. And the Bible says when we call upon him, he will answer. And he will show us great and mighty things that we don't even know. And when we really call on him, we call on him because we know he has what we need. And when you know God has what you need, who wouldn't call on him? Who wouldn't call on him? Who wouldn't welcome him in to come in? And sometimes we wait on people. We wait on our husband. We wait on our wives. We wait on our employer. We wait on things. But I'm telling you, your wait is over. God has done everything through his son. And it's time for us to truly accept what he has done. Amen. Father, we thank you. We glorify you. We magnify you in this place. And Father, I thank you because I know you already here. And I know you here in the midst of us to do a work. And each and every individual that's in this place. God, you know every person by name, even before they were named by their parents. God, you already knew them, God. You already had a plan and you had a purpose for their lives. You had a plan for good and not evil, God, for hope and a future, God. You want us to have an expected end. So, God, we thank you for the plan and the purpose that you have for us, God. God, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. God, even in the midst of us, we welcome your kingdom, God. We welcome your way of living, your way of doing, God. We welcome you, God. We welcome the Holy Spirit in this place. Holy Spirit, if we have grieved you in any way, if we have quenched you in any way, forgive us, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you have free course in this place. For it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. And I thank you, Father, that as I open my mouth, you have already filled it. I thank you, Father, for giving me what I need, God, for your people on today. I thank you, Father God, for being a quickening spirit, God. I thank you that as the word go forth, it brings life unto your people. Because your word is spirit and it is life, God. So I thank you for life being released in this room on today, God. And I bind every hindering spirit that's in this room today to hinder this word, God, in Jesus' name. I bind every spirit of witchcraft in the name of Jesus. Every curse have already been broken, God. And Father God, I plead the blood of Jesus over us today. And I don't plead the blood of Jesus, God, just to plead it. I plead it because I know what's already been done, God. And I thank you for the blood that's resting upon your people on today in every area of their life, God. And I thank you for the hedge of protection that's around us. And I say, peace be still, even in the midst of this room. And I come against every mind-boggling thought, every tormenting spirit that's in the midst of us that have come to torment our mind, to bring confusion. I break your power in the name of Jesus because God is not about confusion, but he is about peace in Jesus' name. So we thank you and we praise you on this day in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. First of all, I want to say happy Father's Day. 
first of all, to the one and true and living God because he is our heavenly father. And then I want to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers in my room. First of all, my husband and then my dad and the rest of the fathers. Happy Father's Day. Amen. We are so glad that God gave you another opportunity to have another Father's Day. Isn't that awesome? And women, we have to admit, sometimes we don't want to admit, but we have to admit that when you have a man alongside your side, there's things that you can't do that they get done. Now, sometimes people fuss about that man don't do nothing. Let him leave the house. And you're going to wish he had come back to do the little that he done. Sometimes we don't miss the little until it's gone. So you have to be appreciative even with the little things that they do. If you ain't faithful over little, God can't bless you with much. So you might have somebody that's lazy in one area, but they're good in another area. So just thank God for the area that they're good in because you have some men that can't do nothing. So you need to give God glory and honor and praise, first of all, for the man that's in your life and quit putting them down. Let's begin to lift them up based on what God is saying and not based on what you want to say and do. Amen? Because sometimes you just want to shake them loose. But it's because of the Holy Ghost. I always say, nobody can make me madder than that man. Because see, when you spend time with somebody for a long time, they can say one word. And then all of a sudden, them antennas come up. But God let me know, it ain't him, it's you. And that antenna should not have come up that quick. So what are you holding? What are you suppressing for the antenna to come up that quick? Women, God is talking to you this morning. Because if you get mad that quick, something ain't right, something is going on. So you need to say, God, check me first. Before I pounce on him, check me first. Women say, God, check me. Say, when you check me, then I can check them through the Holy Ghost. All right, now I got some men that's smiling. Y'all smiling. Y'all say, this is my day. And now women say, bring it on, apostle. See, the women got theirs on Mother's Day. So let's see what God is going to do for you on Father's Day. Amen. And God gave me this, and I was saying, God, where can I go um, for the fathers? Because we want to hear what you have to say to the fathers, not what I have to say, because we know God's word is true. So let's go to Genesis 12, and God gave me a father, which is Abraham, and he's a father of many nations, and he's one that men can model themselves from, amen? Amen. So we thank God for the father of many nations, which is Abraham. And I believe um, God put all of this in the word of God concerning Abraham because he wanted men and women to look at the life of Abraham to see how a family should be. Amen. When we look at this and Genesis um, chapter 12, it says, and I think we were very familiar with this passage. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, who did the Lord speak to? Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. 
And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. Now, what I want to talk about today is godly fathers. Godly fathers. When we look at the word of God, first of all, we see that God was talking to Abram. And we know his name now is Abraham. But he was speaking unto him. But what God began to show me was when you go in chapter 11 and you look at verse 29, it says, um, and Terah in 31 took Abram his son and Lot the son of Haran his son's son and Sarah his daughter-in-law his son Abram's wife and they went forth with them from Ura of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan and they came into Haran and dwelt there now we look at this right here what I look at I look at the dad which was Terah he was traveling with his two sons and then they had Lot, the nephew, and they had um, Sarah, the wife, and they was going into the land of, of Canaan. And we see that they dwelt in Haran, and, the re- and that's where Terah died. But it did not stop Abraham from going where God was sending him to go. And I love that because all of them started out together, but we know that his father died. But Abraham still listened to God because he heard God. But the first thing that Abraham had to do, this is when God speaks to us, we have to trust him enough to know that he is God. He told Abraham, he said, I want you to leave your country. Now, why would God tell him to leave the place that he dwelt? It is because they worship idols. They worship a moon God. So God told him, leave your country because that country was in idolatry. He said, not only leave your country, but I want you to leave your relatives and I want you to leave your father's house. Now, I'm going to start here. We have to understand that to be godly fathers, we have to accept what God has already done through his son, Jesus Christ. And in order to accept what God has already done through his son, we have to know what his son has done, right? And when you hear what his son have already done for you, that's when your heart will be open and receptive to receive it, amen, and make him your Lord and your Savior. So we see that Abraham heard God, and the Bible says faith come by hearing, and hearing come by the word of God. See, in order for the faith that God has given each born-again person in this room to be activated, it comes through hearing the word of God. God is so awesome, y'all, when it comes to his word. God knows that his word will activate the faith that you already have in him. So if you don't hear the word of God, in order to hear the word of God, you have to begin to read the word of God. And as you read in the word of God, the Holy Spirit comes in and he's giving you illumination and light upon that word and it's stirring up the faith that you have already on the inside of you to do what God is saying through his word. Y'all, that is so awesome. I'm telling you, this is why the enemy do not want you to get into the word. The word is your lifeline. So if Abraham did not hear God, he would be in the same country that he was in worshiping those idol gods, but he had to make up his mind. 
It reminds me of Joshua. When Joshua was telling them, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He recognized that the fathers before them, they served idols. They served other gods. But Joshua made it plain and clear. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He made up his mind. And when you make up your mind to serve the Lord, you will leave behind. This is the thing. First of all, you got to let go of the kingdom of darkness because you have heard the word of God concerning the kingdom of light. See, the God of this world have come to blind the eyes of the unbelievers to keep them from believing this glorious light. He do not want you to come in the light. He wants you to stay in darkness. So this is why he have everything set up in this world for your liking. He have men and women set up for your liking. He have um, possessions set up for your liking. This is why you see things coming out. And then when you get used to that one thing, he bring another thing out saying that ain't good enough. It's something that's better. Have y'all noticed that? You get satisfied with the phone you have and then that phone die out. It ain't better. This one will do more. That's what the enemy wants. He don't want you satisfied with what you have. That's what the world does. And that's that's when you began to worship other things more than worshiping God. He knows that. So Abraham, them, they worship idol gods. But God was telling Abraham, you got to come out from among that. Not only that, Abraham may have said, I'll stay here, but I'm not going to worship those gods. But God said, even though you stay there and you amongst kin, and you amongst your family, he said, you're going to start doing what they do. See, God knew where Abraham was. God know where you are. And you have to do everything God is saying, not just part of it. God made it clear. He said, Abraham, not only leave your country, he said, leave your relatives, leave your father's house. He said, I want to be first and foremost in your life. This is why God said, if you love mother and father more than me, sister, brother, friends, relatives, or whoever it is more than me, you cannot follow me. You cannot be my disciple. Y'all, is that deep or what? Because God is saying, I want to be first and foremost in your life. So when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're saying, I'm leaving everything and everyone. He's going to be first and foremost. I'm going to stop right there. Can we have a moment of silence? Reason why I'm stopping Have you ever thought about who you haven't left? Some of us are still holding on to things, but yet we say we serve in God. Because when God say, let go of those things, your flesh cringe. Because you feel like you cannot do without those things. You feel like you cannot do without your mama. You cannot do without your daddy. You cannot do without your friends, your sisters or brothers. Man, they are a part of me. I just can't live without them. God, you're asking too much. Well, that means you have not turned your whole heart over to God. When you give your whole heart over to God, he's first and foremost, even when it comes to your children. The problem is we get so close to people that we feel like we can't do without people, but we call on God. But see, you, when you call on God, everything else has to be dismissed. You cannot have anything ahead of God. You got to be willing to lay down your life. You got to be willing to pick up your cross 
and follow him. This is what this first verse is telling Abraham. To be a godly man, you got to leave everything, Abraham. He said, you got to leave everything behind. He said, when you're willing to do that, he said, I'll show you the land that I want you to be in. See, this takes faith, but it takes obedience through the word of God. So Abraham heard God. And when he heard God and God began to tell Abraham, he said, I will make thee a great nation. So he let him know, Abraham, once you accept me as your Lord and Savior, basically God saying, everything that you need, you can find it in me, Abraham. Is that not awesome? Everything you need, men of God, you can find it in God. You're not going to find it in your wife. You're not going to find it in your children. You're not going to find it in your job. You're not going to find it in your little quit equipment or in your cars or in things that you think you can find what you need. God said, when you find me, things are not going to be first place in your life. Because when you really find me, when you really depend on me, when you really trust me, things that come against you will not be able to overtake you because you found me. God said, you got to make up your mind whom you're going to serve. And when you truly make up your mind, when situations come, you ain't got a problem with that situation because you know you may be here, but you can't overtake me. Because you found him. You found him. So Abraham, he said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. What was God talking about? He said, when people even call your name, there's going to be greatness in your name. Not even by calling your name, but they're going to see what that name has brought. When Abraham step on the land, they're going to say, there go Abraham. He's full of this. He's full of that. God has blessed him. And because he's here, I'm blessed. See, you got to know, you got to be willing. And I'm going to be honest, church. Really, truly, let's be honest with ourselves. We haven't totally surrendered completely to God. When you totally sell out to God, things don't frustrate you like they used to frustrate you. Things don't come at you the way they used to come at you. So even though they're coming, you got some peace in what's coming. So Abraham, first of all, had to trust God. He had to be obedient to God. He had to be willing to give up what he was familiar with. Let's ask ourselves, have we really given up things that we're familiar with? Or have we laid them to the side and say, I'll go back to this if this don't work? We always have a plan. If this don't work, I got another plan. No, God's plan is final. And we have to seek him while he can be found. So the first thing is, is accepting him as your Lord, as your Savior. That means you're saying, Jesus, I recognize that you are God. I recognize that you are my master. I recognize that I cannot do nothing outside of you. I recognize today that I need you because everything else in my life is not working. That's what the tabernacle represented. Those people saw I cannot live up to the standards of God. 
Everything that I try to do, I fail in it. Everything that God tell me not to do, that's what I go do. So I know I need him. This is why they bought that lamb, that perfect lamb at that gate. Because the ones that was bringing it, they said, this is the lamb that's going to die for me. Because I can't save myself. God said, men, you got to let go of pride and recognize you couldn't save you. So you can't save your wife. You can't save your kids. You can't save yourself. And if you really have accepted Jesus, you will let go of things that you don't have control over and say, God, here am I. I can do nothing without you. But I know a man who did it all. I know a man who laid down his life for my past, my present, my future sins. He died in my place. He didn't deserve to die. He didn't deserve to die. He who knew no sin became sin for me so I can become the righteousness of God through him. God, I have been made righteous. I have been justified. I have been sanctified. I have been reconciled. I have been redeemed. Through him, not through anything that I have done. I have been sanctified forever through his blood. So when we recognize that, see, that's why it says when you get to the gate, you're so thankful that you could bring. Yo, when you get to the gate, you're thankful that you could bring that lamb. He allowed you to bring the lamb without spot or blemish on your behalf. That's where your thanksgiving come in at. God, you have given me a lamb. You have given this lamb to me. But God gave you a choice to say, what are you going to do with what I have given you? What are you going to do? Are you ready to change? Because that's the only way you can bring the lamb. If you're ready to change, you couldn't even, you coming through the gate with the lamb. Without the lamb, you can't even get to the gate. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one come to the Father, not lest they come through me. The people knew, if I don't bring a perfect lamb, I can't get through the gate. What are y'all thinking about people that are still serving the God of this world? You thinking this God can give you life? This God is about death. He's not about light. He's about darkness. And if you follow him, God has made a place for him. Not for you. That place for him is hell. But he has given us eternal life through Jesus Christ. And the only thing we got to do is accept it. So when they got to the gate, who wouldn't be thankful, apostle? God has given me a substitute because I'm supposed to die. But outside of him, there's no me. So, Lord, I'm going to thank you for the substitute. Now, guess what? They're getting excited because now I can go through the court and I can enter those courts with praise because I got that lamb and that lamb is going on that burnt altar on my behalf. 
So I'm identifying with that lamb by putting my hand on that lamb and say, God, this could have been me. So what you do when you put your hand on that lamb, all your sins are transferred to that lamb. Your past, your present, your future sins are going on him. Your hurts, your disappointments, your sickness, your disease, it's going on that lamb. That lamb is being crucified on your behalf. And you're the one that done everything. He didn't do nothing. But he's dying for you. Can't you see outside of him? There is death. And the world think that they're living. You are not living. You're in a dying world that cannot live without Jesus. And we're sitting around here acting like we got it going on. You are dying. If Jesus come today, you are going to hell. Who told you you're going to go to heaven? If you have not accepted his son and what he has done, God didn't make hell for you. He made it for his devils and angels. That's why he sent a messenger today to let you know the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. Your good works, coming to church, paying tithes, visiting the sick, cutting people, it ain't going to take you to heaven. God has given you the way today. His name is Jesus. His name is Waymaker. His name is Promise Keeper. His name is Living Water. His name is Prince of Peace. His name is Everlasting. His name is the Great I Am. His name is above all names. God don't want to leave you in the state that you're in. You are blinded. So once that sacrifice is there, you're really praising God. Because you're saying you're giving me a chance to eternal life. But that ain't the end. See, some of y'all just stop right here. And some of y'all think you're living the good life because you just accepted Jesus. But it's more than just accepting him. You got to live a life that represents him. You can't just accept him and say, I'm saved. You are known by the fruit that you bear. And some people are stopping right here. You got to go beyond here and say, God, I need to be washed. That's why they have the labor right there. God, I need a washing because I done been in so much. Even though my spirit has been made new, God, my soul is tore up from the floor. Wash me. And that's through the word. And every day, there have to be a washing. There have to be a washing, because if not, you're going to stink even being saved. You're going to walk around here stinking, born again, and 
think that I got it going on because I missed hell. But God said, you didn't just get saved to miss hell. He said, you got saved to live an abundant life. You got saved to live heaven on earth. You don't wait till you get up there to say, I made it. You better be saying, I made it now. Your bag's supposed to be packed every day. Your bag's supposed to be ready because you don't know when he's coming. You can't be slipping and a dipping because you don't know the time nor the hour when the son of man is coming. That's why you got to go before that labor and say, God, Holy Spirit, I need to be washed today. My thoughts ain't what they need to be. My hands have been in places they don't need to be. My feet have walked places they don't need to walk. I need to be washed. Nobody want to take the time to wash. I'm talking about washing. When you really wash, I don't know about you, when you come out of a good shower, a good bath, and even with the bath, you got to get up and spray yourself off. Did you know? Because if you come out of that bath, everything that's been sticking on you, y'all laugh. But did you know when you get out the bathtub, you still pulling up dirt that got off of you? That's why they make some tubs with the sprayer. I'm going to leave this in the tub where it go down the drain. But when you come out, you feel good because you know you're clean, right? You know you done took a bath. So that's why we need the word. I'm going somewhere, men. I'm telling you right now to be godly men, to wait, raise godly children. You got to know who you are in Christ. And you got to live the life in Christ the way it needs to be lived before you want to have children. I wouldn't want to bring a child into a world that's corrupt. And I ain't got myself the way I need to be. Y'all better listen to this. Who want to bring children into a world that's full of crime, that's full of things that shouldn't be, and you got men and women living just like the world. You just putting your children in the midst of hell. Because if you don't know how to stand yourself, why you want to be baby makers? If you don't know how to get a prayer through yourself, if you don't know how to support yourself, why do you want to be baby makers? Because that's part of the enemy's plan. Because he still wants you to feel like a deadbeat. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be one. Because God is here to show you how you can live a godly life in him through Abraham. Now, Abraham left just like God said. But one thing that Abraham did, he took his nephew with him. But see, God has a way of even handling things where we mess up. And I want to show you through Abraham's life, Abraham done some things that he should not have done, but God still did what he told Abraham he was going to do. So Abraham had left, y'all. But one thing I like about Abraham, once you get born again, men and women, once you get born again, remember I said you don't stop there. Abraham done what God said. He was obedient. He had faith in God. But one thing I like that Abraham did next, he built an altar. Before the Lord. That means he went before the Lord in prayer. 
That means he went before the Lord and he worshiped him as the one and true and living God. He let God know, I don't worship idols no more. God, I worship you. What am I saying, men? When you arise out of your bed, the first thing you should do is go into your prayer closet. The first thing that you can do is seek God while he can be found. Because you don't know what's going to happen during the day, in the middle of the day. You don't know what's going to come. So Abraham, he began to seek God. So men that have a godly life, you got to seek God before you seek anything. You can't get up and just go to work and just get a paycheck. You got to get up and say, God, I'm putting you before my job. I'm putting you before my family. I'm putting you before everything because you're the one that's going to take care of me. And you're the one that's going to show me how to take care of my family. I don't want to leave out Sarah. Abraham had a godly wife. They wasn't just, um, you know, unequally yoked. Both of them was in covenant. So they were together. They were on one accord. So men, what am I telling you? Deliver godly life. You don't go get any woman because she looked good. Or because she looked good, dressed good. Or because she act good. Because everything that looked good, sound good, I'm here to tell you, ain't good. Because once you get him in your house, you got a Jezebel. You got a purity devil. You can't even go in the room and hide in the closet to pray. Because Jezebel smell you wherever you go. You better know what you getting before you get it. Oh, sorry, you already got it. I'm going to use this. You already got her. She already got you. That's why when you stand before that preacher, for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, in sickness and in health, till death, God, do us part. Some of y'all is living the death part right now because you're ready to kill each other. Hmm. Any old way. You better know what you got before you get it. And you better make sure nothing get hooked up with it. Because once you get her and you're laying with her and she's trying to sort you up and then you end up with kids. Now you got to deal with the woman and the kids too. Oh, come on, somebody. You better know who you getting hooked up to. That's why the Bible said don't be unequally yoked. I want to tell y'all something. I'm just going to say it. Ain't no piece of behind worth all that. Some men are just doggish. You go after the shape. You go after all of this. And then you whine all the time. That's when you better know Jesus. Because that's what you got to live with. And everybody always try to make excuses. Uh Uh-uh. Jesus paid for excuse. And when you get to know him, see Abraham, there was Abraham and Sarah. I'm going to go ahead, y'all, because this is long and I might have to cut it off. But y'all, I, I went through it. I went through it. I said, Holy Ghost, you know. So y'all know I'm going to bring it just like it is. So then y'all see how they were together. So Abraham began to build altars before the Lord. Abraham began to build an altar. And as he built those altars, Abraham recognized who God was. Because he spent time with God. And so when he was spending time with God, y'all, I like the part on how here come him and Lot. Remember, you got to have a prayer life, men. You cannot serve God without a prayer life. 
Women, you can't do it either. Prayer helps you to commune with him. It helps you to know what the kingdom want here on earth for that day. Did y'all know God already set up your day? And the only thing you have to say is, God, this is the day that you have made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. But God, I want to tune in to heaven to see how you want me to go about my day. God, you said in my day, you shall give me my daily bread. God, you said in my day, all of my needs are met according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So I have everything that I need. So Abraham in prayer, he knew what to do when it came to God. I want to make sure I ain't missing nothing. I believe it's some in-between, y'all. I got to get the in-between. And like I said, if you don't want to stay here for that, you're free to go. I'm going to keep on preaching if I'm in here by myself. Anyway, this is the part I want to get to. When Abraham made those altars in Genesis, when he made those altars, after that, there was a famine that went on. Now, remember, Abraham made altars. He sought God, right? But then there was a famine where he was. Guess where Abraham went? He went to Egypt. That's a place he should not have went. But guess what? Even when Abraham messed up, he told Sarah, I want you to tell them that you are my sister, which that was truth, was it not? That was his sister. But he used Sarah so they wouldn't come at him, right? But we know what happened even in Egypt. God spared Abraham. God spared Abraham because Abraham had a covenant with God. God was still taking care of Abraham. Notice that even in the midst of a famine, Abraham came out with something because he knew God. And this is what I'm telling you men. To be a godly man, even in the midst of you going through in your family, it was just him and Sarah. But even in the midst of him going through, God still took care of him, even in the midst of the famine. Even when Abraham messed up, During the time he went into a land God didn't tell him to go into, God still protected Abraham. What am I saying to you? I want to encourage you. Even when you mess up, you should still know you got a protector. You may go through it, but God's going to bring you out of it. He brought Abraham out in spite of what Abraham did. So God is saying, no matter what you do, God is always on your side. But you have to recognize what you're doing so you won't go back and do the same thing. After all of this, and God brought him out of Egypt, here's the separation in Genesis 13. He took someone with him, which is Lot. And I believe some of us got some lots in our life. We got some people in our life that God didn't tell us to bring along with us while we're walking with God. And it looked as if Abraham and Lot was on the same accord. It looked as if they were, you know, united. But both of them had substance. And when it got so tight, Abraham herdsmen and Lot herdsmen, they began to fight, have strife. But guess what? Abraham stepped in on the scene. Y'all know the whole thing. You go left, I go right. You go right, I go left. You look and see Lot. Where you want to be. He gave him the first choice. Y'all want to ask you, who does that, Brother Tyson? Who gives somebody the first choice of the land? Come on, people. Black folk. Free cheese. Storm come in. They're going to push you out the way. 
you ain't going first. I'm getting my food before it run out. You know, even on buffets, we get mad. Buffet full of food. Everybody can go get them some food from the buffet. And we sitting back there mad because nobody don't want to move quick enough for us to get to the chicken before it get gone. Come on, let's talk about it. But Abraham knew whom he served. So he gave Lot the right to choose. Men, I want to ask you something. When have you given somebody the right to choose? Some of us men, when it comes to our children, we tell them, you better not eat that last piece of chicken. That's mine. It better be there when I get back. And you know the baby hungry. And you make sure you eat before they eat. A godly man will say, you eat it if I don't have nothing. And the child will look at you and say, Daddy, I know you're hungry. No, baby, as long as you get something, I'll be fine. That's a godly man. A godly man don't take their children money and smoke it up and drink it up and gamble it up and then tell the mama, get two jobs. Women, they ain't the one with the problem. You are. Because when you know God, a sanctified woman will sanctify the man. But if the man want to leave, leave. You're trying to keep him there by satisfying him, by giving him all the food and all the money. Your children ain't got clothes. Your children ain't got what they need. But long as I keep Peter. I'll be all right because that's what I need. But your children ain't getting what they need. Come on, we need to let go of foolishness. And we need to hold on to God more than we holding on to foolishness. So Abraham, after he separated, this is what God is saying. Men, it's time to separate. It's time to separate from whom and what you have in your life That's above God because it's keeping you from getting what God has already provided. You're praying. You're seeking God, but God said you ain't separated yourself unto me. You still going after women. You still going after things. You still going after money. He said, "Uh uh-uh, you ain't separated yourself. Because see, I'm going to tell you something, men. Separate means separate. Even if you think you with godly men that you know that are giving you error, you separate. Because they're giving you outside of what the word says. But we feel like we always need somebody because they say they saved. But if they're not believing what you believe, you separate. So once he separated, God had Abraham to open up his eyes and see all. That God has given him. God cannot open up your eyes men. Until you separate. From what you're holding on to. Thank you Holy Ghost. God is saying some of you men. Don't even see how good your wife is. Because you're hanging out. With ungodly men. That's doing their wives. Any kind of way. That's making you feel like your wife. Need to step up. And no matter what your wife do. Is never good enough. Because you're hanging around someone that don't want to do what's right that's supposed to be saved. 
So God said, until you separate, you're not going to see what you have because some men walk the dog on women because they don't know what they have because they're too wrapped up in the world still. But when you begin to seek God and you begin to pray, men, God will show you what's going on in your house, what's going on with your woman, what's going on with your money. What's going on with things around you? God will begin to show you. But in order for him to show you, you got to let go of you. You got to let go of pride. So we see that Abraham let go. When he let go, y'all knew what Lot did. He went into Sodom, didn't he? And Gomorrah. But guess what? In that next chapter, after that separation had taken place, I love this. Abraham had to go rescue Lot. He had to go rescue Lot, rescue the goods. Y'all know what happened when he did all of that. He got to know God as El Elyon, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. He had got to know God because he spent time with God. Men, if you don't spend time with God, you're not going to get to know him as El Elyon. You're not going to get to know him as the possessor, the creator of heaven and earth. Women, it's the same thing. So as he did all of that, he began to give 10% back to, um, what was it, um, Melchizedek. He began to give him that um, 10% of all that he had. Did he ask for it? No. But why did he give it to him? Because he knew if it was not for God, he would not be able to save those people. He only had 300 men. So he knew it was God that helped him to win that battle. So this is what the king of Sodom was saying. Give me the people and keep the goods. Abraham said no. Because I'm not going to have you saying that you made me rich. So Abraham did not do that because his trust was in God. And then in chapter 15 we go on to see that God told Abraham fear thou not. He said I'm your exceeding and great reward. So God was letting Abraham know, no matter what you gave up, Abraham, I'm going to give you more than what you gave up. Because you trust in me more than you trust in things. So men of God, God is saying, let go of things that you're trusting. And hold on to me and put my trust. Put your trust in me and not things. So after this, in chapter 15, God made a covenant with Abraham. And then by him making that covenant with Abraham, it went farther than Abraham. It went through the generation. But what I'm telling you is in chapter 16, this is where I'm going with family. He had a wife, Sarah. God gave him a promise telling him that he was going to have a son. But then Sarah got tired of waiting. Men, sometimes your wives get tired. When you promise them this and you promise them that and it ain't happening. It ain't working. So they step out of what God told you to do and tell you to do something else. And then you go ahead and do it. Y'all know what Abraham did. He slept with Hagar. He got permission from Sarah. He said, I'm giving you Hagar as your wife. So she was making it like as long as she's your wife, she's okay. Sleep with her, baby. He slept with her. And then Hagar began to despise Sarah. Then she's going to go to Abraham and say, I believe this on you. Men, how many times your wife told you to do something and it didn't work out? Then they throw it back on you. You ain't been listening to me. Why are you listening to me now? 
Now we broken, ain't got nothing. You normally tell me to shut up. Why don't you tell me to shut up now? So Abraham said, you do to Hagar what need to be done. So Hagar, she left the house to get away from Sarah. We know that she conceived. Now, y'all check this out. This is what the Lord was showing me. God told Abraham he was going to have a child, right? But Sarah couldn't bear a child right then. But it never said that Abraham couldn't, did it? He bared one naturally. This man was 80-some years old. Wow. Who would want a child at all? Hmm. So anyway, we see that he was old, but he ended up having another child. She left, but this is what I want to tell y'all. Men, I want you to get excited about this. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But she left. God gave her a promise, told her to go back and submit unto Sarah. When we get into 17, God is still talking to Abraham. But I like this part here that I want to tell y'all this. Y'all remember when God come to Abraham again, he told Abraham, this time next year, you're going to have a son. Abraham laughed because both of them was old. And in his laughing, y'all know Sarah, she conceived when he was 100 years old. After the child was born, I want y'all to check this. Remember, he had Ishmael in his household, right? Ishmael was there. God gave um, her a promise. But Ishmael was in the house with Abraham and Sarah. But after she had Isaac, the promised seed, the promised seed, Ishmael come from another nation, amen? But he was part of Abraham. But after she had Isaac, she saw how Ishmael was picking on Isaac, which was the promised seed. And she said, you're going to have to get that woman and that child out of our house. Abraham was mad. That's my son. But God told Abraham, see, he talked to God. He said, do what Sarah say. These two nations, they cannot stay together. Light and darkness don't mix. What am I telling you men? I'm going to tell you something right now. You may have children out of wedlock that you had before you married this woman. But you cannot allow those children to run the home of that wife that you're with today. That don't happen, Captain. This is why you cannot have mixed breeds. See, the devil know when you get a mixed up family, you got a mixed up mess. You got all kids thinking differently because you done had them by different men and different women. And they got stuff that go through the generation. And you're wondering why this child different and that child different and this child this way and that because you don't mix with everybody. So that child got that type of blood. So Abraham, God told Abraham, send them away. But guess what? I love this, man. I want to talk about child support. Child support. This is what we're talking about. Listen, you made them. You laid there, so now you got to take care of them. But guess what God did? He said, Abraham, Ishmael ain't going to lack. Because Ishmael is up under that covenant that I gave you. So if Ishmael is outside of you, he's still going to be a great nation. Because I made that promise to you. What am I saying to you, men? 
if you got children outside of your marriage, you still are obligated to take care of those children whether or not they're in your house. What make you think that you don't supposed to take care of children that you had prior to marrying this woman and if any woman tell you you ain't going to take care of them, you shouldn't marry her. Because that's not living a godly life. What woman ain't going to allow you to allow your children to come in your house? What woman ain't going to allow you to buy your child a pair of shoes? She shouldn't have married you. Why are you scared to ask her, can he come in your house or she come in your house? That's your child. You should have discussed this before you said I do. Because if he can't accept your children or you can't accept his, you shouldn't have gotten married. Now you a stepmama and you a stepfather. But I don't believe in step. I believe in that's my child. Ain't no step in nothing. Because when you in Christ, we all one in him. Got saved folk. They ain't my child. I ain't have them. That's why they cutting the food. You cutting the food. They only doing what they see you do. You supposed to show them love. If they come in your house, you have a godly house, and they don't supposed to go outside of how you live. And if they can't respect how you live, then they just like Ishmael. Out the house. I'm going to still support you, but as me and my house, we're going to serve the, the Lord, and I ain't sparing no rod because it don't kill you. Call social services. What that lady say? Let me check and see you got any marks first. <laughs> no marks, I ain't in trouble. <laughs> but spare the rod, spoil the child. People say, that don't mean you beat a child. Yes, it does. Go look it up in Greek. I know Hebrew. Go look it up. You got to beat the corners don't work. That child in that corner got imaginary friends. <laughs> and just as happy. The made friends in that corner. Corner don't work. <laughs> Baby, go to the corner. Yeah, go to the corner and I'm going to meet you there. That's right, that's right. You, you got to discipline them like this. You put them in the corner and you let them stay there fearless. Did they put you in the corner? Put them in the corner and they'll be all right. You put them in that corner, they'll knock the hole in that corner. Look, don't do that. Turn around. I remember y'all growing up. Well, me and my husband, I'll give you an example of us. That Jeremy back there, that Jolly Green Giant. You know, your kids are different, aren't they? You have one that's just as calm, and then you have one that's rambunctious, just hard at it. Jeremy was the one that was hard at it. I never knew Ariel was in the house, but down right there, always knew he was in the house and I'll never forget he told me this have y'all ever really thought you was giving a child a good whipping a whooping and you felt good about it felt good about it you know what that boy told me when he got older mama I act like I was crying because if I act like I was crying you act like you done something then if I act like that then you wouldn't tell daddy to beat me I would woe out thought I done something didn't do nothing to the boy but I remember that man right there, Jeremy, hate to see him come. Only thing I had to do was say, honey. I remember one day I was in the bed, and Jeremy was starting his daily routine. Ooh, my husband got in rare form. The only thing I could say, I cast that demon out in the name of 
Jesus. My husband got a demon. Because <laughs> he was in rare form at that boy. So Jeremy knew if I called his daddy. Godly man, I'm trying to tell you something. When you have a good, godly husband that's going to raise their children the right way, they don't let them get away with nothing. They check them at the door. And my husband always, he said, every time I turn around, I got a beat. And I said, because you needed one. He didn't understand. Y'all didn't beat Ariel like that. I said, because Ariel wasn't like you. She listened. And then when my husband beat Ariel, I'll never forget it. Ariel said, you hit me harder than you ever hit me before. <laughs> but Jeremy was happy. And my daddy would always say, she does no wrong. Why are you hitting her? She just didn't get caught. But he was such a godly man because he would handle his business, y'all. And, and I'm giving these examples because when you live a godly life, he will never let the children disrespect me. If they disrespect me, that's another tail whooping. Because we had to stick together in the home. So this is what I'm telling you. Abraham was a godly man. He heard what God said. And whatever God said, that's how it went. So y'all see how he raised them up. And in that covenant, he had to do what God said. He said, I want you to circumcise these children. That's what made Ishmael come in covenant. He was circumcised. So he did what God told him to do. Later on, guess what? Raising Isaac up, he had to raise him up in the way of God. When he raised him up, when Isaac got older, Isaac would do the same thing. Then y'all know what he had to do. He had to give up what he waited for for 25 years. What am I saying to you, men of God? Some of y'all have not given up your children because you have not made them to be whom God want them to be through the word of God. You're holding on to them. You're trying to fix stuff. Because it's making you look some kind of way. The only one that can fix it is God. You have to turn them over to God. You cannot love them more than you love God. You have to say, God, you know what's best for them. God, I have raised them the way you want me to raise them. So what he did, he said, I'm going to test you. I'm going to see if you're going to give me Isaac. Which he did. So God knew that Abraham loved him. And that's how Abraham got to know him as his provider. How are you going to get to know him as your provider if you don't let him provide for you when things are going bad in your life? So even um, Ishmael's mom, Hagar, got to know him as El Roi, God who sees. God saw what she was going through, and God even helped her. So what am I telling you women that don't have a man in your life? Where this husband have left you and went somewhere else, or this boyfriend, God sees you. God know what you need and you can turn to him in your time of trouble. Quit waiting on a man to take care of you. Because if you're in this situation with children by yourself, and here's a woman sitting here, Apostle Allison Cross, had four children, two of them twins, and God gave her what she needed to raise those four children. And I'm here to tell you, when you call on him women, single women, that are raising children by yourself. God will tell you what to do, even with those children. And I got news for you. Quit calling these daddies that don't know God. Because they ain't going to do anything that you know that need to be done God's way. They're going to show them the world's way. Well, this is how I was raised. 
Hold up. That's the problem. See, because you have some good fathers that don't know Jesus, but guess what? They're still trouble. Because good fathers may take time with those children, but you're still introducing them to worldly things. You're still allowing them to listen to this crazy music. You're still allowing them to be in places they shouldn't be in. I don't care how good of a father you are. If you're still serving the world, that's what you're teaching your kids, worldly principles. So in order to be a godly father, you have to follow the pattern. God left godly men in the word of God, men, for you to read about, to go on to say, God, am I being the father? that I need to be to my children? Have I shown my children the right way? And men, I want to tell you this. What's in darkness will come to light. What you hiding from your wife will come to light. It's going to show up looking like them, acting like them, mm-hmm, everything like them, and the daddy going to be scared. What's in darkness will come to light. So it's best to quit trying to cover up sin and expose it. And let that woman know, I slipped on you. And this is what slipped up. Because it's going to come out one way or the other. I remember this lady was telling me, well, what had happened? I sent uh, my friend a picture of my daughter. This is funny. And when I sent her a picture of my daughter, I sent it to her husband. So her husband stayed in the car for two hours trying to figure out was that child his. <laughs> Say for two hours he stayed in the car looking at that picture, trying to figure out is a woman trying to set me up or what? <laughs> and she said, you sent the picture to my husband and he trying to figure out something. And I'm saying she trying to mess up our home. No, I wasn't. I just sent it to the wrong number. I had y'all numbers mixed up. But what I'm telling you is things that are in darkness being will come to light. It will be exposed. And this is why when you mess up, you should be man enough to tell your wife you messed up and give her the opportunity whether she want to be with you or not. Don't be sitting there acting like everything is okay. Tell them the truth. It is the same with women. If you messed up on your husband, you should be bold enough to tell him. You were bold enough to lay there with the men or that man. You should be bold enough to say, I messed up. Because if you don't do it, it's going to show up one way or the other. It's going to show up with a disease or it's going to show up with a baby, which way you want it. Because everything that smells good and looks good can bring the disease. So it's time for us to make up our mind. And y'all know what happened. They had Isaac. Now it was time for Isaac to have a wife. Abraham sent his servant. And said, an angel going to go with you. He didn't want his son to have any and everybody. Men, if you're living a godly life and you're raising your children the way they need to be raised, you're going to let your child know, you don't go over there. They ain't good. They ain't good territory. You don't just let your child go over there just to prove that your child is not a homosexual. Just to prove that your child got it going on. Woo, he got the women. Uh Uh-uh. No, you tell him what's true. Baby, I'm going to tell you something. Everybody you get connected with ain't who God wants you to be with. Because I'm going to tell you what happens, y'all. This is no joke. When you get connected with the wrong folk, you bring in the drama in your house. 
because this is the way they were raised and this is not the way you were raised. So you don't have peace in that house. This is why men, you have to guard your daughters. You have to take the time to let your daughter know what a good man is through the word of God so your daughter won't just accept anything that's knocking at the door and say, I love you. If you show your daughter the love that they need to be shown, they ain't going to grab everything that come a-knocking. And men, if you show your son how to be a provider and what it takes to make it, then they ain't going to have women taking care of them. You got women taking care of men because they weren't raised to be men. So they figure I will get a girl pregnant and then she can get her some housing and I can live off of her. Look at the system. You got women taking care of men and then you got the mama and the daddy taking care of both of them. I'm calling it like it is. Because this is what's happening and taxpayers mad because they paying for it. Then you got a son working hard to take care of a daughter that ain't never been taken care of because she never had a godly father or a father. So now she got a boyfriend, she got a um, husband, she got a friend, she got it all wrapped up in one. What's going on? It's because we need to learn how to be godly mothers and godly fathers. We need to start out right. And if you start out right and your children do go astray, you got a promise in the word of God. When you train them up in the way that they should go, they will depart, but they're coming back. So we need to train our children up, men. You need to be the man that you say you are. You can't tell your children to do something that you're not doing. The best thing that we can do is be honest with our children and say, son, I messed up. Daughter, I messed up. This is what I used to do, but this is not who I am now. I was a baby maker. I was a cheater. Thank God that your mama is still with me. But it was because of God's grace and God's mercy that I'm here today. Don't do what I did, son. Don't live the way I live because you don't have to. And I found out I didn't have to live this way when I found Jesus. So I'm showing you the right way now. Be honest. Don't be trying to be something you're not, y'all. Let's be godly fathers. Let's, it's not too late. It's not too late to be honest and let them know about God's love. Share with them the love that you have experienced from God when there was no food, when the bills looked like they weren't going to get paid, and you telling your children, I, I sought the Lord. And as I saw him, he told me what to do and how to do it. That's why you got shoes on your feet. That's why you got food on the table. Yes, sometimes we had to go apply for food stamps, but that's not where I am now. Food stamps was just a stopping place for me. That's not where I am now. When you need them, use them. But it comes a time where you shouldn't have to need them because God has given you power to get wealth. Don't stay on the system. You don't have to stay on the system. You can get an education. Whatever God has for you is yours. You know what we do? We allow some things to go on because it's free. Come on. No, 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 no. We don't do that. You may start out there, but you don't have to end up there. And my God, quit having these children to get a check. Some men knock you up or talk you into children so they'll still have somewhere to stay. And it didn't take care of the first one, molest 
And now they're telling you, well, baby, I love you. You know what? Love don't do me like this. Women, that's why we have the older women in the church to teach the younger women. We have the older men to teach the younger men. And when we do this, people don't have to be in the place that they're in. They don't have to, y'all. People are settling for this because they're saying it's easy. But I'm here to tell you, anytime you uphold men, your children and what they're doing, you're going along with it. They figure, I can keep doing what I'm doing because I got someone to fall back on. Let me tell you something. When they say retirement is coming, my daddy's retired. And ain't no way because he's retired and I got grandchildren that I'm going to throw grandchildren off on him. He served his time. It's time for him to live his life. If I choose to go into another dimension, some more kids, he ain't got nothing to do with that. Because that was my choice. I shouldn't have to say, well, daddy, you my daddy, now you're going to be the granddaddy. And I need to have some time to myself. And what this man will say is, well, you should have thought about the time before you laid there and got another one. Because this is my day. Y'all better quit feeling sorry for these children. Huh? But you know what we'll say? It ain't them, it's my grandchildren. God has a way. You can hear him and he'll tell you what to do. But then you giving them time to make move. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Just told Jeremy last night, they can come to my house anytime they want to outside of my time. Because my time is my time time thank you very much we need to quit this mess if we don't quit it they're gonna keep doing what they do we need to raise them up cooking cleaning first of all job not job but job you working hard every day they laying on the couch eating up your captain crunch waiting on some more eggs and bacon and then you sweating and going through and then they i'm going out tonight and you keeping the grandkids what's wrong with i bind that spirit in the name of jesus because you want love from your kids you don't want to be rejected i don't care if you don't like me be like granddad you got a home go to it but what do we do Oh, they need time. Time for what? Another baby? They had time when they made the first one. Some people looking at me like, oh, look at me all you want. When I go on vacation, I want to go on vacation. Do I love my son and them grandpa? Oh, I love them. But I have a life. And we got to teach them what life is. If you're going to start a family, be a man. Be a woman. Godly fathers, I'm talking to you. To be a father in your house, you have to shut the wife down through the word. Well, baby, what? No! No! <laughs> I love you, baby, but that ain't right. And that ain't happening. Is that true? Sometimes, honey, is that true? When I tell you no, we ain't doing it, no. And sometimes he'll tell me no, okay. 
We got to be on one accord. Mm -mm. It's time to stand up, y'all, for what's right. It's time to do what the word of God says to do, and we will never lose. We will never be without. That's why we have to be in prayer like Abraham, men. And women, I'm going to leave this with you before I close. Where, if you have a godly man in your house that's paying the bills, that's raising the kids the way they need, need to be raised, why are you trying to stop them from doing what they do to try to make them feel like they're deadbeat when they're doing all that they can do? I'm going to tell you why. Because you ain't doing what you need to be doing. So you're trying to make them look like they're the bad person. You talk about them. You ridicule them. You make people think that they do nothing. But all your bills paid. You driving a nice car. Come on. Who doing all that? You ain't making enough to do it. So somebody got to be doing it. So what you need to do is check yourself and need to say, Lord, it's not them. It's me. Lord, I have a good husband. I have a godly man who work 80 hours a week, who makes sure the cars are on point, who makes sure that it's food in the table, who makes sure that the mortgage, the rent is paid. Lord, deal with me because I got some issues. And the issue that you have is you see what everybody else is doing, worldly folk, and you want to be like they are. I walked in Walmart, y'all, the other day, this girl in the mirror, putting on her some some lip gloss and just trying to, you know, act. By the way, she was a white girl trying to be black. So another girl come in there, one of her friends come in there, and she just primping in the mirror, and she said, girl, he trying to think I'm going to keep them kids. I said, come on, come on, come on, come on. He think I'm going to keep those kids. I said, what does the world come to? You the mama. If he never keep a child, your child should be kept. Women quit throwing these babies off on daddies. Some things daddy can't do that mama can do. Some things mama can't do that daddy can do. This is why you're supposed to be a tame. And you wondering why babies are hollering daddy all the time. Or you wondering why babies are hollering mama all the time. Because somebody's absent. Sitting right there in the house. It's time to get it together. And the only way we can do it is through the word. And the word will show you how to live a godly life. Last but not least, God brought male and female together. And he brought them together as one, as being married. And when, he, when they come together as being married, that's when he said, replenish the earth. That's when he said, have babies. He did not say have babies outside of marriage. And I want to tell you why. Because we got too many children with different daddies. We got too many children with different mothers. Come on. We got children that don't even know their brothers and sisters. And then they start dating. And then they say, you didn't know that was your brother? Well, you ain't never told me that was my brother. This is why God wants you to be married. He want them to be in the same family. He don't want them to be all over the place. 
That's when things begin to happen. That's when fathers are upset because they see that the mother's with another man. The man is beating his children and he can't do nothing. Didn't y'all see the case of the little girl that died because the mother and father was beating the little girl and he went to court and they would not do nothing and the girl was dead? You see what's happening? That's what the world is doing. That's why you wait on your mate. You don't grab everything just because the grabbing is good, y'all. Spend your time with the Lord. Seek him while he can be found. Let God let you know whom you need to be with. Because if he cannot do you like your father can, then you don't need him. If he cannot provide for you and don't have his own crib, why are you bringing him into yours? If he always lived with mama, why are you taking him out of mama house? He should have been out of mama house. If he's been walking and, and doing what he's been doing to get somewhere, why are you picking him up and taking him somewhere? I ain't never seen such foolishness. Go pick up lazy guys, making them the best that they are, and then you're going to say, um, mama, can I hold a car? What you need a car for, baby? I just need to go make a run. He driving the car. Then you go get him a car because they need a car. Then you look and he got the car. Oh, buddy, no more today because I'm going to follow you. Get out. Before you get out, open the glove box. Read the name. James Arthur Bryant Jr. Do it. Say, Mike, get out. Is that mean? No. Y'all, it's time to grow up. It's time to do what's right in love. But we want to make the kids happy. We want to be their friends. No, they need a good father and a good mother living a godly life to raise them up the way that they need to be raised so they won't step outside of how they've been raised. Will they step outside? Yes. But they will get back in place when mama and daddy tell you, I'm not getting you out of jail. Spend the night. Go on. That's who you want to hang with. Hang with them tonight. Lord Jesus, you are their protector, but they need to learn. They got a good bed. They're getting good food. Now let them eat some pork and beans. But we don't want to do that. We don't. We do all we do for our children, right? And you want to. But you don't want to do it outside of God, y'all. You got to hear God. And when it hurts, it hurts. But you got to hear what God is saying in that situation. And men, that's why you have to live a godly life in front of your children. Because whatever you do is what they're going to do. If you are a homemonger, then they feel like they need to be a homemonger. If, the, if they see women you with all the time and disrespecting your mo- the, the wife, that's what they think they could do and get away with it. So you need to be a godly father and live that life so your kids will know this is the way that I need to go. And they will always talk about how good my daddy is. No matter what I do, they do it the right way. And what I want to leave with you today If you're not saved, if you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, now is the time of salvation. Do not think that you're okay. 
Do not think that I can continually live this way. You know, some people think that I can serve the world and serve God and God hear me. Can I tell y'all something? God hear the sinner when he's calling on him to come to him. But God ain't going to bless your mess. God is not going to bless your fornication. He's not going to bless your adultery. He's not going to bless that. Who told you that you can be saved and still live like the heathens? No. God said, um, Joshua said, as me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. So you have to serve the Lord with your whole heart. Don't just say you're saved. Your living have to show whom you're serving. And when you get off track, you're willing to get back up. And you're willing to repent and be godly sorrowful. And then you call on somebody for help. I can't do this by myself. I've been in it too long. That's when God sent people to help you if you want to be helped. So whoever's in this room today that don't know Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, God said, now is your time. Amen. Do we have any today? Or do we have some that say, I thought I knew him. I thought I was living that life that I need to live. If we have some in here today, come on up. We want to minister to you. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Everybody's where they need to be, huh? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and we praise you, God, that the message that was sent today, God, that it was heard. And God, for those, God, that heard the message and for those that realize that they need you as their Lord and Savior, Father, I thank you that they're opening up their hearts right now to receive you. And I thank you, God, that you have already made the way through your son, Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to you except through the son. So I thank you for those that are coming to you, Father, and they're accepting what you have already done through your son. And I bind the hands of the enemy where he have blinded the minds of the unbelievers on today, keeping them from believing this glorious gospel. And I thank you and I praise you, God, even for those Father God, that have said that they have accepted Jesus, but their lifestyle has not yet changed. I thank you, Father God, that the word of God, as they get into the word of God, and as they get to know who they are now that they are in Christ, God, that they will loose those things, Father God, that are holding them, that are keeping them from living this sanctified life. I thank you that they will no longer be conformed to this world, but they will be transformed by the renewing of their mind, that they will know what the good and acceptable will of God is for their lives. And God, we bind every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out against them. God, we thank you and we just praise you, God, that you have made the way and the way has been made. And we honor you and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Isn't God a God of wonders? Amen, amen. I just love God and I love his word. Hallelujah. And today we're going to honor the fathers today. And there are um, two special men in here that I want to honor. Could you bring me those two packages? And the reason why I'm honoring these two special men because they are older men in here and... 70 and above and we thank God for them amen and we just want to give them an appreciation of our love on this morning I'm gonna call my dad up brother Elijah and I'm gonna call brother Hayes up and we want to honor them and we thank God for the wisdom can y'all come up here the wisdom that God has given both of them 
And that wisdom that he has given them both as being fathers, that they can share it with the other fathers that's in the house. So fathers that are in the house, when you have difficult situations in your life and you feel as if you can't put up with this woman or you can't put up with these children or I'm ready to leave this job, you got two men in this house that's full of wisdom that's already been through what you think you're going through and how God have kept them to go through it. So I know that they will be an asset to each man in this house to learn from them the things that God has told them and have taught them. So I want to thank God for these two wonderful men. I want to thank God for my daddy who's been an awesome dad, who's been a dad that won't hold back, that'll tell you just like it is. And one thing about this man right here, y'all, if I call him and tell him something about my husband, you know, he'll take up for me, but he's going to give me the word. He's going to tell me what the word says, and he ain't going on nothing but what the word says. He's going to tell you his whole history, what he's been through and how he got through it. And by then, you're ready to hang up the phone and say, Jesus, because he's going to tell you nothing but the truth. He don't show no favorites when it comes to um, me, my sis two sisters, and my brother. He always wants us to get along. He always wants us to put God first. And, y'all, I thank God for my daddy for these many years. And I love you, daddy, and happy Father's Day. Thank you. And I want to thank God for a second daddy, Brother Hayes. I want to tell y'all, this man right here is a man that has been in the military, has fought for the lives of many, and God brought him through that. And many things that he probably haven't shared that he has went through. But I can tell you one thing about this man. No matter where the church go or what's going on in the church, he's there. You don't have to look for him. You can count on him to be there. When we go far off, he's following the women back to make sure they're making it back to their destination. We don't have to ask him. We don't have to worry about his team because we know that he's going to do what needs to be done. We want you to know that we love you, Brother Hayes, and happy Father's Day. To God be the glory. Amen. Isn't God good, y'all, to have men in the house that God has given us to give that wisdom and to give us what we need? So we have it in the house. God ain't going to leave you without. Amen. So if you are fatherless on today, God is your father. He give you what you need. You're not by yourself. So you need to get to know him first and foremost. But there are times that you just need somebody to be that father. And God will put that man in your life, an older man, to encourage you and be a father um, for the father that you never have. So you're never alone, women or um, men that don't have an earthly father. You have a heavenly father. Amen. Um, can I hold that basket? I want to give out the men a little token on Father's Day. We didn't want to leave y'all out. So can we have the men to stand? And this mighty man of valor, he already got his. So if y'all don't see him get it, y'all know he already got his gift. Amen. So could I have some women to come up? And we're going to pass these out. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what 
God is so good, isn't he? Hallelujah. Do we have any visitors today? If we have any visitors, can you please stand at this time? And could you tell us where you are from? We're going to give you a mic. Um, my name is Blaine Brown. Um, I'm actually from here, but I live in Burlington. My pastor is Bishop Terry L. Young, um, Morningstar Baptist Church. Amen. My name is Tisha Stringfield Evans, and these are my children. We live here in Cooper's Point, and we normally go to church with my mom. We're from Kelly, North Carolina, but we just thank God for